Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is Babylon 5 Watchcast, hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who have gotten to know each other while rewatching a classic show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And today we're joined by... I'm Scott. <laughs> Gray 17. Hey, Scott. How you doing? Welcome Hi. back, Scott. Yeah, I don't know why you let me back in, but here I am. I want to say, though, I mean, I don't have, like, the docile tones that your intro has, but it's... <laughs> We'll do my it. radio voice. Yes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the late night discussion forum. <laughs> yeah, that's us. All right. Yeah, yeah. The, this the spinoff of this podcast is just me reading archive of our own. It's not going to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to ask you today, Scott. What do you want? You still haven't answered my question, Ambassador. What do you want? Oh, what do you mean, what do I want? What do you want? Do you really want to know what I want? Do you really want to know the truth? I wanna really, really, really wanna zig a zig Does that answer your question? What do I want? Is this in terms of, like, the context of the show or in general? What do you want? What do you want? Besides uh, me to do an archive of your own read-through podcast. <laughs> Please don't. I have no intention to. <laughs> I feel sorry for anyone who has to do that. In terms of the context of the show, I want me a damn reboot. But in terms of uh, in general, I just want uh, I want us all to get along, man. I want us all to get along. All right. And I want Mr. Morton to stop waving at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the reboot. No news, obviously, with the strike and everything. For sure, yeah. There won't be for a while, but Road Home did just drop for us now. Most mm -hmm. of us have gotten our copies this week. I've been told if I say anything, Laura will beat me. So yeah. I yeah. say yeah. a word. Apparently, Oklahoma's just on the last end of the delivery schedule, and I just received mine. So, so. <laughs> please don't spoilies yet, but I look forward to chatting in the Discord. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Discord chat's been popping with stuff. That's been fun to see and fun to finally talk about because I've been sitting yeah. on my hands for this for a month. I appreciate all your spoiler flags. and I'm trying to be real strict on enforcing that in the Discord. So Yeah, thank you. We yeah. were really terrible ads, so we just made our own spoiler section in our Discord and said, go there. Just go there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If anyone finds their way there that shouldn't be there, it's your own damn fault. Fair yeah. enough. Whatever. Well, lacking a segue is ironic for... Season four, episode 14, Moments of Transition. We appear to have lost one here. Oh, nice. I like it. <laughs> not, it's not the worst pun you've thrown at me today. The other one. True. Luckily was a recorded, but it's not the worst pun. You don't have to repeat it for the audience. I not won't. Not good, guys. <laughs> we open on a restless Garibaldi getting a call from Mr. Edgars. Good morning, angels. Who calls? Hella early here. He notes he's on call 24-7, so all of his employees are too. Rude. <laughs> all right, Elon. This doesn't mean shit. No one has your number on purpose. You're, like, notoriously secretive. And the people that do aren't going to call you in the middle of the night because they're terrified of you. Clearly. Mm -hmm. How can you say... With an honest face, you're on call 24-7 when no one will actually call you. You, you. you hold weird hours and you're not respecting people, is my immediate vibe from Edgar's here. Well, and no one has seen his face, right? I don't remember if we said that in this episode or the previous episode. but like I think it's in this nope. one they say that. Yeah, it's yeah. this one. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what he looks like, even. Like, yeah. See, you, you say Elon, but I, f I feel this, man. I'm an insomniac, so my staff get like emails from me at 3 in the morning. They know they're not supposed to actually respond to them. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I feel this. Now, I don't voice call them, though. Yeah. Again, because I don't have an Edgar's voice. That voice is like butter. <laughs> He's clearly expecting people to pick up that call, though. You're being yeah. very considerate. When you email at 3 a.m., you're just like, this is for later. Mr. Edgar's not so much. <laughs> yeah. Working for a large international business where a lot of the people I'll interact with daily are in Europe or Japan. I get a lot of the weird time zone emails, but mm, no one sure. calls me that early. Yeah. And if they do, I sure as hell don't answer. 
well, is that it then? Is it just like the time difference between Babylon 5 and Mars? Like he's just on a different time zone? I think he, he calls it out, but even then it's just like it's still okay. his statement is rude as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep in mind though, and not that I'm defending Mr. Edgar's at all, but let's keep in mind too. Garibaldi isn't exactly not being crotchety like all times <laughs> of the day right now. True. Fair. He's true. He may be acting a little bit more than usual that way. So Yeah. This man is a walking okay boomer, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, another medical supply currently unpatented is coming through the station and Garibaldi needs to make sure it gets where it needs to be. So he's got his his B plot mission. In the A plot, John Sheridan is worrying about Delenn. As we heard, you know, there's unrest on Membar. Mm-hmm. And we get the answer that I asked a question last time. Apparently crystals do burn. <laughs> yes. We see burning crystal buildings on Minbar. So mm-hmm. they are in fact burnable crystals, whatever just... crystals they use for construction. I thought you were going to say apparently Nehrun burns too, but no. <laughs> hey, you just spoiled the end, dude. <laughs> if you're what? If you're listening, listening to, to the show, <laughs> I want to. Do, do your listeners usually like watch the 15 minute segment and come to you all? And I hope watch not. The next 15? I hope not. But you know, if you're out there, let us know. Find us in the Discord. <laughs> I gotta say real quick, when Sheridan wakes up, he has the classic missing your partner move. Where he's clearly sleeping on her pillow because oh, it's it's elevated. Like when you look at him, he's at a like thirty five degree angle. Mm, that's very because Mimbar, yeah. her pillow is stacked on top of his. You can see in the shot, and her pillow is massive, and his is just like a normal pillow. <laughs> so I appreciate the Mimbari sleep angle continuity. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things in life, right? Right. Right. This show details. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so more to your point, Laura, about the burning crystals. Last episode, I had said maybe our cultural standards for Civil War are a little different. Maybe uh-huh. the Mumbari would consider something Civil War that we might consider a peaceful protest. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Clearly not the case. Yeah, I think <laughs> Mumbari don't kill Mumbari has been thrown out the window at this point, right? Like, I don't think this is all property crime, property damage that we have no. here. No, it's been well, thrown I'm- out the crystal for sure. <laughs> what, what what's the argument given that they're just going to reincarnate anyway so it's fine it's fine oh, oh yeah yeah they'll just come back but i guess i'm really these... screwed up. i'm sorry i'm really screwing up your format because i keep jumping to scenes that we haven't gotten to yet I'm <laughs> you're fine <laughs> you're fine you're fine but that begs the question too do these minbari not know about the whole humans thing they don't yeah Oops. <laughs> uh, we we know that Naroon might so Naroon Grey Council yes would know yes yeah yeah um but our other Mimbari is Shailit which is the Mimbari generals mm-hmm. not Grey Council would not know well of course Naroon either laughs at it or just thinks it's completely false anyway so even yeah when he was told about all of this he thought it was a joke so. Doesn't matter to him. Yeah. Whoops. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Back into the episode. <laughs> we're at Ranger HQ and Delenn is attending to as many extras as they could loaf up. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, budget cuts in season four. Because for me, for those who haven't checked out Grey 17, we're about a season behind these guys. And mm-hmm. I went, I've gone out of my way to only watch a week after week with our newbies. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I haven't watched season four in a long time, like pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at this like, oh, I forgot season four had massive budget cuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we go to theme after we're told that tomorrow they're going to get like nuked or something. Some yeah. kind of orbital bombardment. They don't really specify, but the cities are going to be destroyed. They're going to do the Sheridan on their own cities. Yeah. It's a shame. Back from theme, and Lita nails this interview, but she knows she's going to fail the background check when they bring it up. Yeah. Rough what a place to be. I, I am so confused here. How is it hard for her to find work? Truly. Like, like serious question. 
there have to be companies not fond of Psychor. That has to be a thing that would still need a commercial telepath for things mm-hmm. or alien governments or maybe one of the rebelling Earth colonies or just anyone. I would think she would be one of the most sought after telepaths in existence for business at this point because she's a human telepath and we know that when telepaths interact with alien races it typically doesn't go as well or is not as accurate that's established in canon and so a human telepath who is not attached to psychor and still able to operate and not be actively hunted she's yeah. one of a kind and if anywhere those corporations are going to be they're going to be on babylon 5 in and out or established there right the yeah. ones that are trying to not be involved with psychor right yeah and there are a ton of Earth colonies outside of Mars and Epsilon 3 and Babylon 5. They're like they very sparsely mentioned, but they totally exist. Like, so they're just not actively rebelling. There has to be someone there that would give her a job. I, I refuse to accept that she cannot find any work. And I'm by no means, and this, to the shock of none of our listeners, a pull your up by your bone bootstraps kind of guy. <laughs> True, <laughs> like yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not someone to advocate just hitting the pavement and finding a job. I know that's not how it works in reality, and I still cannot believe that Lita cannot just go on Indeed and immediately get five million job offers. Yeah, Scott, you have a very thoughtful look on your face. <laughs> I, I, I get it. And I completely agree that she could probably be an independent contractor. But I see it kind of like, you know, Earth Alliance is still the end-all be-all. Maybe the girl just needs a W-2. You know, you can't get health insurance unless you're working for a legitimate organization. So maybe she is doing side projects. I mean, she's doing side projects with the Vorlon. But she just, I think she just wants to be legitimate. So I agree. If it's, if she's saying she can't find any work, I completely agree. There's definitely stuff in down below you can go figure out. Mm-hmm. But if she's looking for legitimate work, working for a company that's going to give her some benefits, some, you know, a little bit of a pension. Above the table. Then, pay yeah. The then taxes. Yeah. Exactly. She she wants that W-2. Yeah. I understand. It, I mean, that Vorlon healthcare plan had to be really sweet. And it must be really hard to take a step down. After All you've had great benefits you like that. Ever want. Yeah. yeah. Is, is Babylon 5 a tax haven, by the way, guys? Well, it's oh, a revolutionary man. spot. It's like yeah. Casablanca now, right? Yeah. They state yeah. multiple times that their only income is renting rooms and docking fees. So they're mm. not charging taxes <laughs> to any of the businesses outside wow. of rent. And we know that Sheridan was such a little whiny punk back in season two that they're not charging enough for the rooms anyway. Right. True. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering about the the business implications of being in a revolutionary state. Let's save it for a side podcast. Naru yeah. meets up with who we learn is, is, is his boss. I was not sure if they would be peers or his boss last time. It's pretty clear. He's the boss. I, I think it is interesting because the, the lack of respect for the gray council by the warrior cast was always kind of there, mm-hmm. but this shows even more as Okay. Yeah, you're on the Grey Council, which has been broken now. But I mean, you were still a leader, and but no, you're going to answer this general guy because he's the revolutionary leader. It just shows how much the Grey Council is kind of a joke to the warrior cast, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, he's taking the moral standing that killing Mimbari is regrettable, but they will just reincarnate, so you aren't really killing anyone. And these are the kind of mental gymnastics that make Ben. If we have to abandon the coast because of global warming, then those people will just move and sell their houses, Shapiro proud. You were just saying how you're not the pull yourself up by the bootstraps guy. I appreciate that you're continuing down that path. <laughs> <laughs> Longtime listeners know how I feel. Yeah, we, we've drawn some lines in the sand, I think. Oh, so have we. <laughs> and I still get the YouTube comments. It's great. Why do well, you know why we don't post on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy a couple weeks ago try to argue why fascism isn't that bad. I'm like, oh, really? Cool. Cool, uh, cool, cool. Well, what is bad is from Ben Shapiro's perspective, 
Who the fuck are you going to sell your houses to when they're underwater, Ben Aquaman? And at that point, if you're going to kill a ton of people so that they can reborn, who's going to have those fucking babies? Just like, think about what you're saying for five seconds and it completely falls apart. You're asking for a lot, my friend. I know. I know. He spits some warmongering bullshit until he dismisses Naroon. And then we cut over to Space TSA. Garibaldi is hanging out with WCW referee Charles Little Nate Robinson as Zach gets to deal with Bester coming in. That is such a deep cut. The one person who got that joke. I'm so happy that we shared a they moment right They laughed really now. hard. I'm, I know. I, they no, did. they did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bester runs some verbal circles around Zach, promising he's just there for normal sidecar stuff and uh, doesn't need to involve the senior staff. And he pulls a doctor and asks about Zach's health. Don't you think she looks tired? Bester learns they don't teach Dickens at Garibaldi's homeschooled security training. And uh, Zach catches up with Alfredo and knows exactly what he's up to. But Garibaldi can neither confirm nor deny that he's insulted. Can I really quick just point out how much of a national treasure, international treasure, Walter Koenig is? Yeah. Is this line delivery of... Mankind or humanity is my business. I'm like, oh, I love you. He's great. I just saw him at Star Trek Las Vegas, and he is not doing well. Did you see what he put out uh, a couple days later? So, yeah, I don't think I I don't know if I even told you this story, Beth, but Walter Connor got lost at STLV and asked Beth for directions. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. So that was bad, but it was bad enough where in an elevator talking to other people later, we had encountered other people who had also helped him. He was just wandering around lost at the convention for a while, apparently. So bless his heart. Yeah. I know his, yeah, his wife passed last year Yeah, and he's apparently not been doing great since then. And the the panel he gave it at uh, STLV was was great. It was great to hear him, but he is clearly uh, very elderly at this point. We we were trying desperately to try to get him on our show, mm-hmm. and we finally were told by his people that he just doesn't do him anymore because his hearing is so bad. Uh, yeah, I he, believe that. He really just he doesn't want to get lost. Yeah, in yeah. The, the dialogue. I, I saw him last year at Star Trek Las Vegas and could tell that mm-hmm. hearing was kind of an issue for him. No, but he put out a, he put out an announcement a few days ago where it was like for another con. He's like, see me before I'm dead. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I was scrambling to try and get a bester action figure so I could have him sign it at this convention. And I was oh. not able to procure one. So oh, there. it's the only one I haven't opened. Because yeah. I will not open it. But here it is. Scott's got the original, man. Yeah. I just need to get my shadow guy. That's all I got to get. But I don't want to spend 150 bucks on a toy. Mm. <laughs> but you will. <laughs> it's a collectible, sir. I keep trying to hint at some of the, you know, some of our audience members like, yeah, I don't have a shadow action figure. <laughs> you send all the B5 for the first time, guys, like all this crap. Send me something. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. After this, uh, Delenn tells Lanier the religious cast is going to surrender to commercial. And when we come back, Bester rolls up on Lita and grabs a quick jab at Ivanova before getting to the point. Lita needs the Psychor to be able to get a job. He lists his uh, terms. She has to wear the badge and the gloves. 10% of your fees get taxed and go to the core. And there's this little footnote at the bottom of the page. uh, Just your body after you die. Yeah. You're making it sound like it wasn't that creepy. I want your body. I want your body. I have to wonder, and actually, you'll have to tell me this. If this is a thing where when you watch it for the first time, instead of knowing how this plays out, if that comes off as a like pleasure thresholds vibe, if if that was yeah. supposed to feel overtly sexualized, because it did. I felt like, yeah, like it had like a reproductive-y kind of vibe to it. Because we yeah. know that about Psychor, right? Yes. That they like match people up to try to have the most optimal babies. And now Bester knows the thing about she's definitely been altered by the Vorlons in some way. So he wants them sweet, sweet, like Vorlon telepath babies. Is, yeah. 
definitely the first read and probably the actual truth. Like, do you really think he wants to just wait until she's dead? I think he thinks that's his only chance. Bester will tell you exactly what you need to hear at that moment. So when he's telling you, don't worry, it will be natural causes. He's not going to wait 30, 40, 50 years no. for me to kill over. No, He'll no, find no. a way to make it natural. They want yeah, those eggs while they're fresh. That's mm. what I'm getting out of it, which is horrifying. Yeah. To sleep, perchance to dream, Lita tells him. And I, that's the rub. Bester replies. He'll be here for a few more days, though, should she change her mind. And Garibaldi is revealed to witness this whole thing. Naroon lays down the plan to the Shy Elite, who lets him know he's going to make like a Cardassian tailor and make sure Delenn's ship doesn't get home. Mm. It's a Deep Space Nine joke. I want to know what the hell is going on. Off yours. Come, never got me a damn thing. Don't turn your back on me. Don't you even try to walk away from me. Just who the hell do you think you are? If you have something to say to me, say it. Now get the hell out of our galaxy. Not That's enough. I got it. Okay, it's a good episode in the pale moonlight. I don't, I don't know why I'm explaining this. Our listeners surely we all know it. Yeah, everyone, know it. everyone knows this is just. I'm just rambling nervously because I didn't think my joke was as funny as I thought it was when I wrote it. <laughs> I just miss Aaron Eisenberg. That's all. Yeah. yeah. I just wish I had come up with a joke as good as Chekhov's telepath, but. Still haven't. <laughs> That's still my crowning moment. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good joke. <laughs> Lita is making a dinner in a BB-8 branded air fryer as Zach comes in to deliver the bad news personally. Lita's going to have to move to significantly smaller quarters. Those are very spacious quarters. They are. I appreciate how much this scene mirrors the one with Garibaldi from a couple episodes ago where Zach had to deliver the bad news to Garibaldi and he wanted to oh, make yes, a point yes. of doing it personally and Garibaldi was an asshole about it. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's all like, you're right. If I had heard this from someone else, it would have bothered me. Uh, mm-hmm. So we get some we get some vindication for Zach Allen here. Yeah. And you know what? It He didn't turn away from it, even though the last guy was a big asshole about it. Yeah. He's still sticking to his guns about, I got to do these things personally. Mm-hmm. And he gets a, a gracious reception for once. Yeah. He does ask Lita to illegally scan Garibaldi, and she refuses. Oh, so she's still sticking to those guns. That's yep. nice. They are touchy-feely here. He is touchy-feely. Is she touchy-feely, though? She I don't know approaches him that. a handful of times, hands on shoulders and stuff. It is. Uh-huh. It felt reciprocated to me, but in a, like, maybe maybe second date in high school like kind of way, like a yeah, okay. not really sure what's going on, but something is going on, it felt to me. Do you think that they're making the point now for later about the gloves, that she's going to be mm. cut off and can't touch people? Mm, and... That's a good call out. Yeah. yeah. That's what that is, 100%. Got to establish it a little bit. Yeah. After this, we go over to Garibaldi. He decides to go on the hunt for Dogbert, Catbert, and Scott Adams' sanity after, let's say, uh, 2015. (laughs) (laughs) And let's promise each other right now, dear listener, that we won't give that asshole the legitimacy of a bump in Google search statistics by checking when he lost his sanity. Let's just agree to pull that date out of our asses collectively rather than acknowledge that guy. Yeah, it was recent. It was recent. Was it though? Super recent? (laughs) Well, I'm talking about like in his lifetime. Okay. The scale of that, not like the scale of. Yeah, I mean, he wrote a book about (laughs) how successful Trump's campaign was and how it was obvious to anyone paying attention. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) I think great. Easy to predict them after the cards fall, Nostradamus. It's so funny, you know, The Simpsons predicts a lot of things, but who would have known that Babylon 5 was going to predict Mr. Adams? Hanging out with a conservative talk radio host? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, (laughs) I'm not usually the defender of conservatives, but Jerry Doyle was absolutely a conservative radio host, but he was a conservative radio host before the conservatives became the Trumpers. 
you do wonder. Sure G- he died before the G sure. Party movement, so he does get exactly. the exactly. So we don't. I mean, he very well could have gone full tilt T, mm-hmm. but Jerry is a different kind of. There are some that you can point to, and I couldn't name them, but you hear these stories sometimes of the people who flipped because of how yes. far right it went. But mm-hmm. yes, I know, I know several. I, I know I'm, a handful. I'm a recovering politician. Yeah. I'm a recovering politician. I know several people who have jumped ship mm-hmm. because it's not the ship anymore. It's like this is something. It's different. a different ship. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you know. When uh, Clark decides to bomb Mars, who's signing yacht? Yeah. Yeah. We can make the charitable assumption. These, maybe Jerry Doyle would really object to martial law. Who knows? <laughs> he just wants a beer. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Lita steps in to ask Garibaldi for work. He starts to work out the details just to annoy Bester, who then joins them just to talk shit and walk away. He uh, does a light scan on Garibaldi so that Lita can tell him, and they all end up arrested. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody did something illegal here. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I did really like the scene where Zach's just waiting on the staircase for Bester. Yeah. Just like, He's just been tailing him this I'm gonna whole time, right? I'm going to get this right? one. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Over at the ancient Mimbari temple, the leaders gather. Delenn gives Lanier her suicide note as they enter. And it legitimately is. Yeah. Yeah. Shakiri laments the conflict of the last three weeks, four yeah. maybe. <laughs> it, you know, when we when we first hear from this guy, and this was a while back, there's almost a moment there we're like, okay, he's making some sense. He's pulling like the he's pulling the Truman argument, like you know we had to fight mm-hmm. and people died, but more people would have died if we did it the other way. And then he goes full to just, you know, kill them all and let reincarnation sort it out. But yeah, originally he's like, I had to do this. But then, you know, he turns into this guy. So it's fine. Yeah. No, it was interesting hearing those arguments. Also, having just seen Oppenheimer within the last yeah. week. Which, by the way, if anyone hasn't, go now. Hit pause. Go. <laughs> yeah. You can continue Get out there, Which means <laughs> I should go, guys. I'll be back <laughs> later. <laughs> it was good. It's going to get all the Oscars. All the Oscars. I'm sure. You do need to see Barbie first, though. It does help the movie yeah. make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it was a, a weird move to compare sex with Florence Pugh to the atomic bomb. But you know what? It is what it is. That movie had some <laughs> weird choices it made. There's legitimately nothing I can say here that won't get me in trouble, and therefore I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> so Delenn surrenders on behalf of the... Just give me a second. Yeah. <laughs> Florence myself. Pugh, broken. <laughs> Not the first time. Delenn surrenders on behalf of the religious cast. Uh, Shakiri wants to make Mimbar great again, but Delenn... <laughs> Interrupts him to make her play. The old ways of Minbar was a game of chicken ending in suicide. Narun calls out Shakira's bullshit. Shakira, Shakira. And immediately one of those. I'm sorry. Can we have a timeout? We can. Did you just say, did you just say Shakira's bullshit? Do the yep. hips not lie? The hips don't lie. Uh, <laughs> Narun calls out Shakira's bullshit. There you go. Goes into the beam of pain where Delenn is. And is immediately one of those dudes who uses a TENS unit to simulate menstrual cramps and just keels <laughs> over in pain. <laughs> He's at the one. Exactly, yeah. He's just like, nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. Delenn is like, this is Tuesday and I'm screaming. <laughs> we need to talk about this beam, though. Yeah. This is a Vorlon beam, right? Oh, this has to be like Vorlon technology that helped oh, them, true. like, That's encourage martyrdom. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, the, mm. the, the Vorlons aren't twinned with the Mimbari anymore, but they absolutely did. Right. They absolutely yeah. did. And that would have been the time frame for this. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand years ago when they were playing with them like they play with humans now. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we saw them kind of encourage Jakar towards things and yeah. towards that sort of martyrdom vibe yeah and this is literally like the martyr beam yeah like, the martyr beam <laughs> yeah 
Shakiri uh, leaves the beam and Delenn decides to just stay in and die for the drama. And <laughs> well, I mean, she's following tradition. The girl, she's a badass. And when she yeah. says she's going to do something, she's going to do something. Mm-hmm. This yeah, yeah. resonated so much with me with a book that I recently read. And I think I mentioned this on pod a couple of weeks ago, a memory called Empire. Yeah, yeah. It's about a star empire who conducts all politics through poetry. And every single one of these people is a dramatic bitch for it. And I love it. <laughs> and it just watching Delenn just like, guess I died to prove a point now just reinforces that type of attitude and reminded me so much of the book. Anyways, uh, Naroon's been on Broadway and no one out dramas a San Fran theater kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that city gave us Emperor Norton the first emperor of the United <laughs> States and protector of Mexico. Yeah, he has to honor that. that. He pushes Delenn out of the beam, renounces the warrior caste, and joins the religious caste as he is reduced to a literal smolder. Yeah. Real talk. I did not remember what happened to Nerun when we started the show. My heart is religious. (laughs) Melts. Did not remember this at all. I just remember when Nerun showed up. I was like, "Oh, I hate that guy. He sucks." See, that's what I'm looking for. One one of the guys I'm looking forward to the most the the build up and the the arc of the character is Nerun because my newbies were the same way. Like this Nerun guy's a dick. I'm like, "Oh, Mm -hmm. just wait till season four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll hit last episode and see him and Delenn actually talking and mm-hmm. start to turn around, I'm sure. But then yeah. you get confused. It's it's brilliant. It is a good... Yeah. So like, my story. question for you guys on this is, when did Nehrun turn? Did he turn before he had his first meeting with Shakiri? Oh, yeah. Did he turn during the meeting of Shakiri with Shakiri? Did he turn at the the the, the beam of uh, intense pain? This When was, did he finally decide to make the turn? This was all their plan. So, was it, though? I, well, here's my evidence, right? So at the end of last episode, which I don't know if you watched that one in addition to this one, because I know you, it's not, it's weird for you. Four, yeah. Not in four years ago. Okay, so that yeah, episode yeah. ends with Naroon calling Shakiri to be like, hey, the religious cast is planning this counterattack, right? Mm-hmm. We hear nothing of this counterattack the entire time. They never mm-hmm. mention it. Yeah. They don't even talk about attacking. When they arrive, Delenn is all like, no, we're going to make this work. Neither of us can win the entire time. There is no counterattack. He uses this to get his seat at Shakiri's side. So that way, when it comes to the surrender that Delenn told him is coming, remember, Naroon's the one who picked this place. If they had picked somewhere else, they wouldn't. Naroon could have picked anywhere to accept surrender. And strategically, you probably wouldn't pick a place on the planet. You'd probably pick your capital ship with Delenn, and that's it, instead of this audience. So Delenn picked this place, because that's 100% Delenn's style. Delenn knew what the plan was. That's why she had, you know, she knew where they were. She has her suicide note ready. And Naroon said it for Delenn on Delenn's behalf. He had turned before he left on the shuttle when Lanier watched him leave. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I I buy that too. Like it felt weird at the end of that episode and I went, Oh no. Did did he just turn on us? But he he was calling them about information that had never been established in the episode. So you know, it it was designed to be a little tricky, I think, and make you wonder. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it is all a ruse. Well, let me take a look at my viewing schedule real quick, and I will tell you when I will realize that I was a wrong idiot. On that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, or you can come back and tell us we're wrong idiots. Just oh, no, no, revisit. no. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I just haven't watched that one in a long time. Yeah. A long time. You'll get around. No, and I, it fooled me at first. It'll be then uh, January 14th of next year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll put it on my calendar. When I will watch that episode. I will expect a text message or at the very least something on the Gray 17 Facebook group. (laughs) My heart is who are you? (laughs) 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 Edgars wakes up Garibaldi again, telling him to fire Lita. So he does. And Bester watches just to get off on it. I will say there was some Usenet traffic thinking that Edgar's was Bester at this point. 
Yeah. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole Edgar's thing is like very confusing. Yeah. Who is this dude? What is going on? Yeah. Yeah. I did love JMS's response to that, though. <laughs> Which was, we've was already cast one. this actor. <laughs> yeah. Well, his first piece was not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> a famously uh, short, responsive man sometimes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I got up on I got up and asked him a question at San Diego Comic Con, and he just looked at me Ooh. and said no. <laughs> <laughs> so there was an interview he did after you had watched the uh, the new movie. Mm-hmm. I caught it on YouTube, and the first guy asked a question that was just a pretty piss poor question, and JMS just looked at him and was like, "Next question." <laughs> like, oh, you burned your you burned your one there, kid. Good job. <laughs> at least you didn't get that, Jafar. It's true. I mean, I feel like I had a very good thought out question that we'll talk about on the next League of Not Aligned podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Some of us count different things. I count how many times JMS smacks me around on Twitter. I'm up to four. Oh, good. For we got you. a retweet from that. him the other day. It was exciting. Nice. That was <laughs> that. Happiest day of my life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the great maker has seen us. All according to plan here, according to Bester, though, Garibaldi is pushed farther into Edgar's pocket, and Lita has to take his offer to join the Corps. Why couldn't she go to Sheridan at this point? Mm, you don't think... Yeah, Sheridan might want to hire a telecast? Just to like, stop Bester, if no, nothing you, else. But, but remember, Sheridan is the landlord of B5, and he just kicked her out of her quarters, too. She oh, doesn't. She's being told, through their actions... And she even dealt with this when she first came back on board yeah. back in season three. They only are there to use her, and she knows that. No one respects her. No one is not scared of her. So I don't think she has that relationship with Sheridan to do anything like I that. I would think as a last recourse, you could be like, how about you don't kick me out of my quarters and I don't have to work with Bester is a good <laughs> deal for Sheridan. Lena's always an interesting character, and there's there's stuff we can talk about when you all get to season five. Yeah, but she's an interesting character, an interesting dynamic, mm-hmm. and it's always it's fascinating how JMS writes her, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Delenn is still healing from her experience in the wheel, but still managed to get on the broadcast to reform the Gray Council. This time with a worker cast majority, mm-hmm. and I have to Twist. wonder what the Mimbari population actually looks like and how well this represents it. Mm, that is interesting. interesting. That's an interesting question. Uh, Can you imagine if the House of Representatives nationally was organized by occupation instead of geographic location? <laughs> Let's make 50% of the House teachers, please. Oh, yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Just a thought. I don't, I, we don't, yeah. we don't need to dig into that at all. We'll Can you talk imagine about it all the council has turned into a, a if anyone's ever been listening, I'm sure many of you have been a part of a good old workers union. Just think about like, you know, the beer meetings in the middle of the night. That's what the great council is going to be. Like, <laughs> oh, let's talk about management. God dang it. <laughs> Give me another Budweiser. What the hell? <laughs> I have to clean up after those all the time because <laughs> no, my, my backyard shares a wall with a steel workers union. Hey, this, uh, my dad nice. was a steel worker, man. They had the best part. I'm not talking shit, but I do have to go up and clean up empty cans and union literature yeah. that gets tossed over the wall after those gatherings. <laughs> I said best parties. <laughs> All the best parties have union literature. <laughs> right. Ivanova mm-hmm. uh, runs into Sheridan's quarters on a fucking mission, bringing footage of Clark's military attack killing... 10,000 civilians. Sheridan watches this, resolves to take the fight back to all the way to Earth and oppose this tyrant to credits. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about I wanted to bring up a thing bring up before a thing. we like wrap. Uh, the thing. I couldn't remember where the last scene with Lita is placed exactly in all these this ending sequence, mm-hmm. but I wanted to point out that, you know, as she's putting on her gloves and we see the badge, she's she's doing that suit again that I believe we saw this type of suit on Talia that has a very, like, collar-like collar, like literal mm-hmm. dog collar, animal collar on this very nice tailored suit. And I just think that's a, you know, interesting, nice detail of costuming Yeah, about 
what's like going it. on yeah. with telepaths. Yeah. And of course, the good old glove. Mm-hmm. Need mm-hmm. those gloves. Which, speaking of action figures, you can get a tel- Alita with gloves and without gloves. Ooh. Yeah, oh. You're like really into that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple behind me, but not a ton. If I pan my camera up here. Um, next to the guitars. Next to the guitars in the. You keep them in the box. You're a good person. I'm not. You know, I've got a. I cracked all those suckers open. I got a Veer and a Londo and a Delan and a Sheridan up there. I have all of them now except for the before transformation Delan, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the with gloves Lita, the Shadow, mm-hmm. and there are there are two ambassadors. One's a Markham, I believe. The other one is like well, the anteater gas mask guy. The guy. No, one's a drowsy. Okay. I'm wrong. One's a drowsy. So I don't have those. And that's really because speaking of asshole conservatives, Mitt Romney bought KB toys back in the nineties. Right oh, when that did. Run. Did he? Yeah. yeah, he did. It was uh it was Bane Capital. Oh yeah. Bain okay. Cap- oh, okay. Yeah. So I was a KB Toys guy. Okay. Nineties, I was in high school, we had a KB toy store. Oh, it was great. Mm-hmm. And these Babylon five figures were mainly run for KB toys. And that huh. last run came out right when KB was going under. That's why one, you can find them fairly cheap on eBay because there was a shit ton of them and no one bought them. Mm-hmm. Oh. But on those, like those, those chase figures, like the ambassadors and the, uh, the bester and all that, they're hard to get a hold of because of Mitt Romney. God, conservatives ruined everything. <laughs> You can send your hate mail to gray17podcast. <laughs> that is a fun little piece of trivia I never knew. I'm going to file that right next to Rick Berman got us Barack Obama as president in my brain. Uh, yeah, I actually worked on that campaign. <laughs> oh, congratulate on the Rick Berman for Barack Obama campaign. <laughs> no, uh, but we were definitely involved in the, uh, oh, God, we just lost Jerry Ryan on that one. Yes. Oh, yeah, because it, it was a while where it was yeah it was gonna be Jack Ryan not from the Clancy novels yeah. and it was gonna be a race yeah. I think I think Barack still would have won but uh, and then <laughs> Jack Ryan had a sex dungeon with Jerry and we're like oh okay I guess I guess we win this one thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> look at all our hard work we did so good go team <laughs> all right well. Scott, take a couple minutes. Tell us about Gray Seventeen, sure. where we can find you, uh, your community, your Twitter, all that good Let stuff. Big old power outlet here, so I can do a shameless plug. Yeah. Uh, so we are at Gray Seventeen. We are a podcast of newbies and I, old bees, or first ones, whatever you want to call us. So we have a group that are watching the show for the first time, and a group of us who have watched it way too many times, and so we have. Our newbies kind of talk about each episode one by one. We're currently almost done with season three. So this would be a great time to check us out if you haven't already. And then once our newbies uh, get ejected out the airlock, we talk all the spoilers on the back end of the episode too. So you get a little bit of both. It's been really fun for me because I was there in 93 watching The Gathering and I watched Mm -hmm. it all through PTN and uh, TNT and all of that. So I don't get to experience Babylon 5 like this again but now with our newbies i'm seeing stuff through fresh eyes which is really really fun so yeah you can check us out on all of your podcast or youtube or anything just search gray 17 podcast you'll find us and we're on all the socials as well awesome excellent all right. we gotta ask the answer is 42 always is <laughs> sorry the scale only goes to one to five how do you oh. rate this episode on a scale of babylon's one to five you know this again as you've already mentioned, and I've mentioned, it's weird for me because I'm knee deep in season three. Mm-hmm. And you just asked me to like randomly watch a season four episode, completely random. It's a good episode. Anything with Bester above, is above average right off the bat. And True. You know, I said Walter Koenig is an international treasure. I'm going to say it's probably a four. It's not, it's definitely the one that I would say it is a moment of transition. Everything kind of mm-hmm. moves along. And there is bigger stuff to come. There was bigger stuff before. This is a piece where we kind of get to a crescendo. I think the best part of this episode, aside from Bester, is Nehrun's arc coming to an end. Because mm-hmm. I think that, that that's an arc that has been done well for three years of a show. 
and the actor's been great. And it's it's good to see him finally get to where, if you've watched before, you know where he's going. That's fun. So I would say about a four. There's a lot more good stuff to come, but it's it's a fun one. Yeah, I agree. Above average episode of Babylon 5. I would also give it a four. I really, really love the stuff with Nehrun, especially because I didn't remember it. <laughs> he goes out in a nice blaze of glory. The only like downer for me was like I felt like the stuff at the very end where we've discovered that Earth has been firing on its own ships and, mm-hmm. and civilian ships. It felt a little tacked on. It was kind of that things are going a little faster now in this season that was a little disappointing. But yeah, if that's a, my quibble, like that's a small quibble. There's a reason for that that's more meta that I'm sure you don't want me to talk about on this podcast yet. But there's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, we have we have discussed the the okay. pending. We are we are past the point now. Um, I don't think I've mentioned okay. it in a couple of episodes, but we've talked about it before that they were unsure about season five happening, and so the pace of things mm-hmm. had to dramatically change to cut yeah. season five into season four to get to a satisfactory conclusion of the story. This moment feels like that. You know, and, and JMS was asked for this episode, would have this been the season finale of season four? He said, no, this would never have been a season finale, but it feels like it. It feels like if you're going to transition from a season four to a season five, mm-hmm. it feels like, I mean, it's called it in the title. It feels like a good transition for that. There's this one uh, behind the scenes thing I want to mention too. When this first aired and you see the, the, the footage of the attack on Earth, the earthlings or humans, the guys at the uh, special effects house decided to save some time and they yeah. knew they had to have an earth cruiser in that video. Mm-hmm. So they've pulled an asset and they pulled the Agamemnon, mm. Sheridan's mm-hmm. old ship. Uh-huh. And you can definitely see on the original that like, oh, Sheridan's ship that blew those guys up. They actually went back later and changed it for future releases because that's a little bit too much on the nose. Yeah. Even for a tacked on ending. Yeah. But yeah, for a bit there, it was like, oh, that makes it even more interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, what would have been the season four finale. I won't describe what happens in this episode, yeah. but I will yeah. say it is four episodes away. It's season four, episode 18. He's gone on record mm-hmm. of saying would have been the season four finale. And then everything after that would have been a season Along with probably some of the stuff we get at the stop top of season five, they work. I could see that. I could see that. I will say one other thing too. Just another little shameless plug is uh, we're getting very close to War Without End, and in fact, when this drops, we'll be even closer. One of our bonus episodes is we are going to go over the original Babylon Five plan that was the original pitch Mm. back before uh, season one started. So we'll be talking about that with when we drop War Without End. So. That's a fun kind of conversation we have as well, too, about how things could have gone. And it would have been different. Oh, yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of real interesting stuff there. Which JMS had a 10-year plan. <laughs> it's ambitious. Nice. you know. Why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to invent the five-year plan for TV, you may as well do the 10-year while you're at it. Yeah. Shoot for kill, the moon. Kill it all. Shoot yep. for the moon. <laughs> but in not shooting for the moon, but maybe shooting kind of close to the moon, we've got Season four, episode 15, no surrender, no retreat. It's a shame this came out before Galaxy Quest. Uh, <laughs> Every time I hear that episode title now, I'm like, oh man, Tim Allen, here we go. Uh, Let's do it. Sheridan again gets ready for war after 10,000 unarmed refugees are killed. He battles Earth destroyers to liberate a planet threatened by Earth. Londo makes a surprising proposal to Chakar. Garibaldi leaves. Mm. It's that's a, a lot of real things. disjointed. And honestly, that's the pace of a lot of these episodes coming up. You can tell that they cut a lot of stuff. They crammed a lot of things together. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've commented in the past, some of my least favorite episodes of the show are the ones where it sacrifices the show for the sake of the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually a fun note on commentary from the road home which neither of you have gotten to listen to yet, but there's a whole bit where JMS is talking about his growth as a writer, where he thought it used to be plot that drove the story. And then he realized it was characters that drove the story. And then he realized Mm. it was something else that drove characters that drove the plot. 
and I'll let you listen to the commentary tracks and I won't ruin it for you because it's a fun time. Uh, Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going to have to go out and buy the Blu-ray since my digital copy doesn't have the commentary. Thanks, Amazon. It has been spotted oh. in Targets. I will say <gasps> That's that. That's exciting. Supposedly, the the, sell, the sales of this thing have been through the roof. And I haven't just heard that from JMS. I've heard it from other folks like publishers and stuff that Warner Brothers had a thought of what this would sell. And they didn't make enough copies based on the sales. That oh, got. you love Good. to hear it. That's great yeah. news. That's yeah. very so promising think, for we probably if we weren't in strike land, probably you think we would have had another one. I announced. think they would have made an announcement. Yeah. And maybe not maybe not reboot, but I almost guarantee based on just the numbers I've seen, we're going to get another animated movie. Awesome. Least. content. Because yes. I mean, they're made for cheap and Warner Brothers animation can churn those suckers. I mean, if you watch the DC animated mm-hmm. movies, they can churn those suckers out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I don't think this is the end of our trips to Epsilon 3. Yeah. Uh, there was a tweet from JMS the other day where he's all like, realistically, two a year. Yeah. If yeah, they, they keep they, going. They can churn yeah. them out. And the other, he also I'll said, too, and I may get in trouble because I don't think this was on the Patreon, but he said um, that they kept all the assets, so now it's going to be even faster because you don't have to redesign and redraw Babylon 5 now. You've got the asset. If it was on the Patreon, he definitely said that aloud at San Diego Comic-Con. Excellent. That's another reason why I've been yelled at by JMS. I have to be careful sometimes. (laughs) Oh, he doesn't listen to our podcast. No worries. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. I got called out on his Patreon. It's a whole thing. (laughs) We got a rebel here, guys. You know who else is a rebel? Jeremy Siegel, who composed our lovely theme music. Thank you, Jeremy. A moment of transition. Good job. You did it. I reach, I, I've got this giant barrel of segues next to me, and I just dive <laughs> in like I'm bobbing for apples. Is it next to the well of dad jokes? <laughs> <laughs> Listener and what friend about of the your pod, litter box Ben, keeps those. Well, none of the dad <laughs> jokes are here. Anyways, Jeremy, thank you so much for our theme music. We really appreciate your contribution to the podcast. We wouldn't be the same without you. Go ahead and find Jeremy's music at jeremysegal42.bandcamp.com or on Spotify and other streaming services as Nuclear Jaguar. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Aaron, thanks so much for making sure that we sound like we're coherent individuals. Really appreciate all the time you put into editing the podcast. Thank you. And the extra time now that I'm on here. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's a delight. Don't worry about it. And thank you to you, the listener, for being here with us. We appreciate you in the community. Yeah. Come join us in the Discord or send us an email at whoareyoub5 at gmail.com if you want to share your thoughts. Yeah. All the cool kids are on the Who Are You Discord because I am. It's true. Yeah. We should, Come hang with Scott, too. Talk much. We should probably start asking for season four finale thoughts by the time this airs. We'll be looking at recording that episode so yeah please send us your thoughts on season four for our season four recap episode yeah we gotta start remembering to plug that and uh we'll see you next week internet take care bye